Hey guys, welcome back to Movie Geek. It is Carissa Corona here. And last night, The Handmaid's Tale Season 4 was released. I was so excited. Um, I was kind of hoping they would release the entire season towards us, but they didn't. They only released the first three episodes. That's fine okay whatever i just i just would have rather been able to binge the entire season um because the entire time i was watching with my mouth open like normal just kind of in shock <laughs> um i i love this show so much and i always tell everyone to watch it <laughs> um it's one of those movies or shows you have to kind of get past some of the, the graphicness of it. I mean, if, especially in the first season. I know when people first started watching this show, they were kind of shocked because of all of like the rape that happened. And it's definitely not something you want to watch. You know, you don't want to watch someone get assaulted. However, the idea behind this, I find very powerful but also kind of ironic um people have this idea of what the bible is and then they distort it and they make it what they want it and they created this world and then had a war with america and won and you know slowly transitioning the entire country into this way of life which is there is a commander or master of the home which is the male and then the mistress of the home which is the wife the female and then her handmaid who has babies for her and the martha who takes care of the house um and then usually there is a butler or like other help around the house and they've kind of just created this world so if you haven't already seen the handmaid's tale i suggest you watch the first three seasons um so that you understand this fourth i'm gonna try really hard to not have any type of um spoilers but i mean it's really hard to review or talk about a show without having spoilers so go watch it pause right now and go watch this show if you don't want any spoilers and then come back and rejoin this conversation i you know what this is why i started this podcast to begin with if you're new to this podcast movie geek is completely about just me a regular girl who loves film who loves television who loves books and all things entertainment i i just really enjoy it and i like talking about it and um, i kind of got sick and tired of movie reviewers who were paid big bucks to talk about films and obviously they're paid to do it so they're paid guys they're paid to sway you one way or another so they get paid big bucks by these film industry uh, empires and they tell you hey go watch this movie it's amazing and then it turns out to be a crap movie um same thing with the oscars oscars is always handing out oscars to movies that no one liked <laughs> i mean it's kind of amazing how much how many years it took leona dicaprio to get his own oscar because like i can't think of a movie i didn't like him in that he didn't get an oscar for and then like other movies get Oscars and you're just like what? And I also think that Oscars also do like political stances 
Um, they want to sway you a different direction to make you feel like you're a good person if you believe this way. And really, that's what The Handmaid's Tale is about. <laughs> they make you feel like you're a bad person if you don't believe or agree with this. And yet, I feel like this could be something all people do. All people make you feel like crap if you don't agree with them. But then turn around and we'll just do hurtful and harmful things to people. So... This is literally what that show is about. It's the dystopian of all dystopians um, because I feel like it could actually happen out of all of the things that happens. We have radicals on every aspect and so we're just kind of waiting for one of the radicals to actually win. Um, Also, I kind of want to address... Um, I know I'm, well, I've only gotten one person mention it, but I do want to address it just in case other people are thinking about it. Um, because I am just a regular person, um, <laughs> I've had to kind of do this dream on my own and, um, work with what was in my hand, work with what was in front of me. And that was if I meant having to record a podcast on my phone while I'm driving or at work, while I'm working and you hear typing in the background or beeping or my car driving, you know, I think that's one of the biggest, um, I guess, luxuries we have as Americans is we really can pursue our dream no matter where our life is at that moment. And the reality is, is I'm a single mom and I work with what I have. I just got this crazy cool mic, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And um, I, uh, I did order, I finally was able to afford um, a sound wall, so it's gonna block out a lot of the sound that you'd probably hear, because now I have more time to dedicate to just watching films and recording. So, literally only one person has has complained about the sound of being able to hear a car in the background or my cat's bell. <laughs> um, so I'm not too worried about it, but I definitely wanted to kind of put that out there just in case there is someone out there that does want to start their own podcast. I say go for it and don't be insecure about anything that you don't have. Just work hard and eventually you'll be able to to afford or to buy or whatever you got to do to get to your dream, just do it. Um, Like I said, in the beginning, I didn't have anything. I literally just had my phone. (laughs) Um, And now I have a laptop. Now I have a a mic and I'm going to be getting my sound uh, blocker board thing. So looking forward to what's to come with this podcast. Definitely growing and so grateful for that definitely pushing and and hopefully one day this becomes my full-time job but um you know just I just want to encourage you just go for it just do it don't don't let the naysayers stop you so let's let's get into this conversation we're going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale season four so the first episode I found out some like really interesting facts. I didn't, I had to look it up because I didn't believe it was true. Molded cantaloupe makes penicillin. So if the world ends, guys, start stocking on that, that cantaloupe. Because if you mold the fruit, you could use the mold for penicillin. And you put it on the wound and it helps. It's an antibiotic, which is cool. Uh, I didn't know that. That's how this opening scene starts. The opening scene starts with the handmaids, uh, picks up with the girls searing Jews, 
June's a gunshot wound that she had gotten in season, uh, the end of season three. Um, and then they set off through the forest looking for a lantern and the lantern is found on the farm of a new character, a young 14 year old mistress named Esther Keys, who is angry and full of rage and is determined to get revenge on Gilead over the horrifying rapes that she endured as a young girl. And I feel like in the past, we've learned that the wives, they don't have it all, you know, they definitely experience um, shortcomings, I guess. They they experience their own type of abuse, um, Not probably not to the degree of the handmaids, but they do experience their own type of mental, um, mental abuse. So she actually kind of broadens this idea. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's 1230 and someone is getting their garbage picked up. <laughs> See what I told you guys. Work with what you got. <laughs> um, it's also like really hot outside. So I have my window open for that purpose as well. Um, it's just so hot. So I needed some type of breeze. Anyways, let's continue. Push past the noise, guys. Push past the noise. Um, she, so this young girl actually states, because she's kind of angry and she kind of lashes out at the handmaids and just does weird things. So um, she's talking to June and June's kind of trying to correct her and tell her to stop, you know, and be respectful of what these girls have gone through. Be respectful of the trauma that they're, they're healing from. And she says, wives endure bad things too. And as she's sharing her story with June, she begins to let her know that as at, you know, she was married off at a very, very young age. She's, I mean, she's already very, very young. She's 14, but she was married off even younger than that. And, um, her husband who is an elderly man could not get her pregnant. So he brought in other commanders and other eyes. And so basically she started sharing with the fact that, um, she was raped multiple times just so that she could also get pregnant as a mistress. Um, we also find out that commander Joseph is in jail at Gilead and Nick is now a military official who visits Joseph in jail, relaying as many hidden messages as possible. It is hard to say whether that in this season, Nick is an ally or an enemy um, because he's kind of like really forward about wanting to capture June and the other handmaids, but you also don't know if it's because he's an ally and he wants to genuinely help her or if he's just following his orders and he's just kind of stuck to being an official now. Uh, so then you move on to episode two and it opens up with um, Serena and her commander sitting in a uh, like a church chapel type thing. They've been arrested in Canada for, um, as, as you know, in, th in the ending of the third season, they were arrested. So now they're being um, questioned because they will be tried in Canada um, for treason, but also 
uh, for all of the crimes that they committed towards the handmaids in Gilead and of course towards the children and then they are being considered as kidnappers towards June's kids which is Hannah and and the baby I forgot the baby's name but they do mention it and then of course they strongly believe that that little baby is their baby so they would like to fight for that baby as well so they're kind of just talking about it and Serena's just really obsessed she wants her little girl back she wants this little baby back because in her mind that is her child and so she is talking to him and he says to her you used to be so good at getting me to do what you want but my eyes are open now and there there's definite trouble in paradise as the commander and serena battle over their legal rights their daughter and whatever and whether or not they will be thrown in jail for their crimes. In the end, we all want June to stay alive because, one, if she gets to come back, she's the one that has the rightful right to the daughter. If not, it will go back to Serena. And two, you know, if she stays alive, she 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 can continue to fight. She knows she knows. A lot of connection she knows a lot of how this um, world works and she's you know you learn in because of season three's privileges you learn that she definitely has an in in most places but she's also being careless you, you watch her and she's being careless she is obviously struggling with a lot of PTSD and for her her trauma her stress is kind of questioning whether or not she makes sound judgment and if she's genuinely going to help these girls and have a better life so they move to episode three which is june decides to meet up with someone and um, she finds herself back in gilead this time she's wearing the mask that they have and she's getting punished and beaten by Aunt Lydia. Uh, thanks to Nick. Um, he sure really wanted to keep her alive. Like I said before, he's the one that captured her. He's the, She did not know he was going to be there, so um, he ended up capturing her and killing the person that she was with. Um, so she tells Aunt Lydia, God has forsaken this place. And Aunt Lydia's response is, true suffering of the flesh, that we, it is when we find his love. Um, June is constantly being asked, where are these girls? And she seems to protect him in the beginning. And she lies about where the handmaids are. And she and the consequence of that is she watches two other handmaids get pushed off of a roof um that wasn't a breaking point for her though and she continues to get punished she continues to get beaten and it isn't until she gets into an isolated box that she's really getting pushed towards her breaking point so when she is pulled out of that box um they bring her to her daughter and threaten her that they will harm her daughter Hannah um Hannah though the 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 biggest I think moment for her was that Hannah didn't recognize her I think from all that time of not being with 
her and having her own brainwash and being told that these other people are her parents um she doesn't recognize june and she's afraid so june then reveals where the handmaids are and all all are placed in a so the girls are captured it shows the next scene of them getting captured they're brought back they're all put back into their handmaids outfits and they're told that they're going to a farming camp where they will work and breed together. Uh, they are no longer going to live in the houses. They're just going to work in these farms. And when they're pregnant, they will continue working until the baby's born. And then they'll literally just get passed on to the next commander, which again, they will get pregnant and and work and have these babies. That's literally what their punishments are. So... The girls are now in the birthing truck, the birthing van, and they're driving together. There's this really lovely moment just before June gets into that birthing van where uh, Nick meets her on a bridge. Um, And then you kind of get that love story again. You know, I don't know. I'm a sucker for good love stories, though, and I tend to like the ones that are just more of like the Romeo Juliet type of things. I don't know. I just, I love it. I love when you have two very strong characters who have very rough and rugged pasts or personalities and they end up falling in love together. Like I just, you know, I just love it. Me, I'm just a sucker for that kind of love story. Um, I think a lot of people want her to end up back with her husband in Canada and kind of have their life together again. Um, But I was never a fan of that love story. But the moment she started falling in love with Nick and Nick fell in love with her, I was like, oh my God, my heart, my heart. So it, was, it kind of hurt in the beginning, wondering or not if he wasn't her foe, that he was not the ally that she thought he was going to be. And so they're standing together, they're enduring each other, and he tells June that he loves her. And she tells him back that she loves him and she takes the opportunity to give him a kiss before she hops onto that um, van. And she finds herself now in this van with the other handmaids. And there's this really powerful moment where she begins to take that opportunity. And, you know, they decide... You, you can tell that they're deciding, but you don't really know how they all kind of knew what to do. And so she, um, she, she ends up attacking Aunt Lydia when they're stopped by a train. A tr- they're at the train tracks. They have to stop because the train is coming and the guardian who is driving them decides he has to go relieve himself and so he goes into the woods to use a tree and that's when June decides to take her opportunity to attack Aunt Lydia and the rest of the girls escape and they're running to get past this train um I liked how they ended this episode. This episode is a flashback of when the girls first got brought to Gilead and they're in a training camp or a training facility, which was a gymnasium. And it shows you how they learned how to talk to each other. So while they were getting trained to be handmaids, they learned how to talk in the dark. They learned how to 
communicate through touch and through um, whispering. And they learned how to read each other's lips. And I just felt like that was a real lovely way to end the third episode, you know, and kind of help us understand the handmaids a little bit more and how they really were in their own little world and have always known that they had to stick together and communicate with each other. So... I know I did not spoil. I did not spoil. There are still a lot. There's so much more. I just grasped some of the key moments just to kind of be able to talk about it with you. Um, But there's so much more depth to each. I mean, I cannot praise Handmaids enough. It is definitely well-written. It's well-developed. This Hulu does such a good job with producing this film or this, this show. It's such a good show. Um, but one of the things I do have to, I mean, it's not like Elizabeth's ever going to hear this or see this, but I think she's a phenomenal actress. But one of the things I do struggle with is some of her facial expressions. Sometimes she, she's in scenes and she does such intense faces that are kind of inappropriate. Like they don't, this scene does definitely doesn't need that facial expression, but yet she looks like she's about to like crap her pants and she's trying to hold it in. Elizabeth, if you ever hear this, I think you're a phenomenal actress. Please don't take this too hard, but sometimes you don't have to get so dramatic because I do feel like as an actress, she's probably really good at her job and she can just flow naturally. Um, but you know, you never know. I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not an award-winning actress. So who am I? Who am I to say? But um, I did notice that. So it is what it is. Um, if you haven't already watched seasons one through three on Hulu, season four has the first three episodes up. And then the next, I hope next four episodes will be coming out um, next week. If you uh, love this show, please let me know. Let's have a conversation. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. And it's my name, Carissa Corona, except with three S's. So it's C-A-R-I-S-S-S-A, Corona, C-O-R-O-N-A. If you do not ha- know how to spell Corona by now, um, you are an uncultured swine who has been living under a rock. And I would like to join you because you don't know how to spell corona, meaning you don't know what the coronavirus is. So take me with you. (laughs) It clearly is not there. (laughs) You probably don't have to wear a mask there either. Anyways, follow me on socials. Have conversation with me. Let me know what you thought of the first three. I would love to hear it. And um, I'll talk to you guys later if you have oh yeah also last thing last thing last thing last thing if there is something you would like me to review or watch please let me know and i'll do my best to get it done as far as mortar combat goes i don't feel like i have to do a review because all of you have already watched it and you've all asked me what my thoughts are on it and i just don't intend on watching it at all i'm kind of salty when it comes to mortar combat because i grew up spending summers at my aunt's house and having so much fun but my older cousins loved mortar combat and they would never let me play with them so i am salty uh (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll contact my cousin and see if he wants to go watch it with me for for kicks and giggles. Um, but yeah, I did not watch it yet. So um, maybe I'll get around to it. I don't know. I'm just have the conversation with you, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I just I haven't gotten around to watch it. But anything else, anything else you would like me to review, I am down. I am down. I'm also looking forward to Spiral coming out kind of end a era for me i'm a huge fan of saw movies so i'm pretty excited about that as well so we'll see we'll see if there's any movies that come out or any shows that have come out that you would like me to talk about with you please comment on any of my photos or dm me slide in the dm or message me on uh twitter or snapchat all right guys i'll talk to you later bye